Welcome to Copyright Clearance and his podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, June 23rd, 2017. Our weekly guest on the show is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, who joins me today from Chicago, where he's attending the American Library Association annual conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Greetings, Chris. Well, more on ALA in just a bit. But first, Monday's issue of PW is one of the year's biggest. It's the fall announcements, all the books coming out this coming season, fall. So tell us about that. That's right. So Monday, as you say, is our big fall announcements issue. And I think it just may be our biggest of the year. I think we're looking at a 185-page magazine this week, something enormous like that. And it will feature PW editors running down a sampling of all the books that you'll be seeing on bookstore and library shelves this fall and winter. There's over a 1,000 titles previewed, I believe, across some 20 categories in things like general fiction, mysteries, uh, history, biography, or art books, for example. Uh, and it really is a massive undertaking. I could personally attest to that. And if you're looking for some great reads or stuff to look forward to in the coming months, once you finish your beach reads, uh, make sure you pick up Monday's issue. Uh, and of course, all the listings will also be available online on the PW website. All right. Well, when it comes to the announcements issue, Andrew, you don't work on the book reviews, but you do compile the politics list, something that may not surprise many of our listeners. (laughs) So uh, that's a nice assignment for you. Always, always very interesting indeed. And uh, this year is no exception from both uh, the left side of the spectrum and the right side. This fall's crop of politics books uh, it really looks at a wide array of challenges that are facing our democracy, including uh, everything from race relations to the impact of technology, uh, the state of free speech and journalism uh, and our fraying civil discourse, civic discourse, I should say. And also, of course, this will surprise no one what the Trump presidency uh, portends. Uh, there's also some humorous looks at Trump in there because, come on, it's Trump. Um, But some of the titles I'm really looking forward to, I won't run down the whole list that I put together. But here's some some titles that I'm looking forward to and things that I think you'll see NPR or Morning Joe, some authors you'll probably see on the air. One is Wisconsin radio host turned TV commentator Charlie Sykes has a book with St. Martin's coming out called How the Right Lost Its Mind. And it is a book about how conservatism in America has sort of given way to Trumpism. Uh, and that's out in September, I believe. Rolling Stone's flame-throwing writer Matt Taibbi uh, has a book on the killing of Eric Garner at the hands of the New York police. Uh, and it's titled after uh, Garner's uh, famous, very sad last words. It's called I Can't Breathe, A Killing on Bay Street. Uh, that's going to be published by Random House's Spiegel and Grau imprint. I believe that's due out in October. I personally am really looking forward to reading Malcolm Harris's forthcoming book from Little Brown called Kids These Days, Human Capital and the Making of Millennials. Uh, that's out in November, and it looks into why the most educated generation in American history, millennials, are economically worse off than their parents. So I personally think millennials often get a bad rap, so I'm really curious to read uh, Harris's take. Other titles include MSNBC host Lawrence O'Donnell has a book coming out with Penguin Press in November on... Uh, how our politics today got their start in a previous election. Uh, Dan Rather has a book coming out with Algonquin. National Book Award winner Ta-Nehisi Coates has two new essays coming out on the Obama years. Uh, and I'm really curious to read Katie Tour's book on her experience covering the Trump campaign. Our listeners might recall Donald Trump dubbed her Little Katie Tour, Little Katie. Uh, and at one point, she even needed protection on the trail from the crowds that Donald Trump would whip up against her. So I'm sure she's going to have some really interesting insights. And and two last books that I really want to point out, 
because I really, really am interested in reading these. One from our friend Franklin Four, who's the former New Republic editor. Uh, he has a book called World Without Mind, The Existential Threat of Big Tech. Uh, that's coming out in September from Penguin Press. And Franklin's going to look at the ways that tech companies are remaking our culture in some not-so-good ways. And this is a subject that we spoke a bit about on a, a panel that you organized and hosted at the Miami Book Fair a few years ago. And finally, I'm in Chicago for ALA, so here's a librarian. John Palfrey has a book from MIT called Safe Spaces, Brave Spaces, Diversity and Free Expression in Education. And it's a really timely subject, given the discussions that we have about trigger warnings and microaggressions and the, this rash of disinvitation of speakers on college campuses and protests. Palfrey argues that uh, the strength of our democracy really depends on having a commitment to both diversity and free expression, which, of course, is no easy task. Uh, so plenty more books that you can check out on a number of subjects, uh, over a thousand. And you can check out the full list in Monday's issue of Publishers Weekly or on the Publishers Weekly website. When Beyond the Book returns with Andrew Albanese, he'll have breaking news on the digital front, sure to be of interest to both librarians and library book readers. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at PublishersWeekly.com slash PWRadio. It's June 23rd, 2017. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly, who joins me from Chicago, where he's reporting from the annual conference of the American Library Association. And we just opened the show, Andrew, with your preview of fall book titles from the world of politics. As you told us last week, you're expecting plenty of politics and books at ALA. Indeed, and I expect this ALA is probably going to be pretty politically charged given the threats that librarians are facing from the Trump administration, both in terms of funding. Uh, remember, as we've spoken uh, a couple of times on this show, uh, Trump has proposed eliminating virtually all federal library funding, as well as deep cuts to education and broadband. Uh, but also libraries are wrestling with the divisions that the Trump movement has sort of sowed within their communities. Um, and as we discussed last week, ALA is also in a bit of a leadership transition. So I expect librarians are going to be quite energized in discussing some of the issues uh, facing both their association and their profession here in Chicago. Uh, and I am expecting quite a large crowd here in Chicago. You know, the last two ALA meetings, uh, the midwinter in Atlanta and the national conference in Orlando in 2016, were pretty poorly attended. But this year's conference is in ALA's hometown of Chicago. And of course, Hillary Clinton is going to be on hand to, to speak at the show's closing on Tuesday. Uh, so I'm expecting a lot of energy and some big crowds. Uh, and you you can read about what I'm up to here in Chicago on the PW website over the next couple of days, of course, over the weekend and Monday and Tuesday as well. And we'll get together, I'm sure, and recap it next week on this program. Well, and as the show opens tonight, some good news on the library ebook front, an announcement that you reported exclusively uh, this week in Publishers Weekly. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, indeed, a major announcement ahead of this week's uh, ALA annual conference. HarperCollins uh, has agreed to make a selection of its ebook backlist uh, available to public libraries on a simultaneous multi-user lending model. Starting in July, the publisher will make about 15,000 ebook titles available, including works from best-selling authors like Neil Gaiman and Louise Erdrich and Dennis Lehane. And you know, I'll just come right out and say it. I think this is a really big deal. And I think it's been a long time coming. Uh, HarperCollins has become, is now the first big five publisher to offer ebooks to library patrons on a multi-user on-demand model here. As our listeners no doubt are aware, just five years ago, many of the big five publishers refused to allow libraries to buy and lend ebooks. Uh, by 2014, they all got in the game, but most publishers still insist on a one copy, one user digital lending model. Uh, indeed, HarperCollins still uses that model for its front list titles and much of its backlist. And that sort of has been a problem for both users who uh, are getting frustrated with having to wait 13 weeks to take out an ebook, and for librarians who are having, are having a hard time managing demand, having to pay expensive ebook prices uh, and to relicense books after a certain number of lens or a certain number of times. Uh, or a certain period of time, I should say. HarperCollins model, on the other hand, is this transactional model where ebooks are instantly available to anyone with a valid library card. Check out the book you want. And every time that title is borrowed, the publisher gets paid, gets a little money for it. So it's not unlike popular streaming services like Netflix. So for library patrons, that's going to mean 24-7 access to titles. Could you imagine if you went on Netflix and you wanted to watch a movie and you were told that you had to wait 13 weeks for a copy to be available? Well, that's the kind of dissatisfaction that librarians have been facing in the ebook realm. And it lasts, uh, at least for a portion of the backlist from one big five publisher, uh, that may ease a bit. Uh, and so a final comment on this. I think it's an important moment because I think it finally shows that the major publishers are willing to experiment. Uh, the, the biggest thing holding publishers back from a 21st century ebook reading model, I think, has been fear about how that was going to affect their legacy business, how that was going to affect book sales, both print and digital. Well, I think this deal suggests we are finally getting past that fear. And now the real experimentation can begin in the ebook realm. Now the real work can begin in figuring out what's going to work best for reading in the digital age. Uh, I do expect other publishers to follow on, and I also expect HarperCollins to expand its on-demand access to eBooks as the experiment yields results. Time will tell, so stay tuned. Well, indeed, Andrew, time will tell, but the formula for success here at Beyond the Book is our weekly Friday check-in with you for the latest book world news. Thanks for joining me today from Chicago. My pleasure, as always. In publishing, rights are the legal basis for every transaction. Literary agents, for example, negotiate the rights to publishing a work by an author. With multiple media formats and multiple markets around the globe, rights are the threads in the fabric of publishing. However fundamental they are, rights do bedevil publishers and authors alike. As basic an inquiry as who owns the rights to a work doesn't always yield a ready answer. At Book Expo in May, the Book Industry Study Group detailed an important review of publishing rights issues. Perhaps the biggest surprise of the BISG report is that such a widely recognized problem continues to confound an industry that could use all the help it can get to bring in new revenue and drive growth, as BISG Executive Director Brian O'Leary tells me. The survey is really intended to serve the needs of publishing executives uh, in operations, finance, and rights management, both to understand the opportunities as well as the challenges that publishers face 
in trying to make effective and, and efficient use of rights. And we see it as uh, really an opportunity to document both the opportunity and, the, the, and start to build a business case for investment. Getting it right when it comes to rights. Next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery, and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries RightsDirect and Ixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Thank you.